Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hi, everyone. Welcome to This One Thing. You're probably recognizing this is not the voice of Carrie Kenyon Dern. This is Crystal Wright, and I'm here with Melina Puente. Hey, Crystal. And we are unsupervised this week on our own doing the podcast for the first time, which is fun. So thank you for joining us. We're going to be in the Old Testament book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse 4. And before we read that verse, I want to give just a little bit of the storyline, because if you're anything like me, I haven't read this book in quite a while, and so I had to kind of go back and really remember the storyline of what was happening. And Haggai is one of the prophets who is writing during the time of Babylonian exile. So the Israelites had been in captivity in exile in Babylon for about 70 years. And then another country came in, the country of Persia, and invaded Babylon, took over, and the Persians were a little bit more generous, I guess, to the Israelite people, and they basically gave them the option that any of them that wanted to return uh, to Jerusalem, that they were basically free to go, to go back and to rebuild their lives. And and so there, there were a handful of people that did return to Jerusalem. And during that time, there was two leaders that basically surfaced. There was Zerubbabel, who was the governor of the Israelite people, and he was actually in the line of David. So he was part of that kingdom, the the kingly line. And then the second leader that came up during that time was Joshua, and he was the high priest. So they returned to Jerusalem, and when they get back, they, they get about rebuilding their lives. They're building their homes, they're planting crops, and they're not having a lot of success, but they're very busy about uh, rebuilding their lives. And God comes to them in chapter one of Haggai, and he confronts them. Um, and what he says is that, you are busy about building your homes and you've neglected to rebuild my temple. And he calls them to this process of repentance. And amazingly, they did repent, which we don't yes. see always, right, yes. in, uh, in the history of Israel or in our own lives. But this is one of the times they actually did repent. And they came into obedience and they began to focus on rebuilding the temple. And that's where we get into chapter 2. But as they're starting to rebuild the temple... There's this dissatisfaction or disappointment that's starting to raise up in them because as they're rebuilding, they're remembering back to Solomon's temple and how grand and beautiful and majestic it was. And they're feeling like this temple that they're building is nothing in comparison to that. And so that brings us to uh, verse 4 of chapter 2, and I'm going to read it for us. And this is what it says. But now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord. So Melina, would you be willing, now that I've shared the story, to just pull some truth out of this verse in particular, what God showed you this week? Yeah, definitely. I, For me, the most significant piece of this particular verse that jumps out is when he says, I am with you. And that's, that's the promise of his presence for not just Zerubbabel and Joshua, but for the people. And he wants to be able to tell them, 
what I've called you to. I'm with you when you do it. And I feel like obedience is one of the biggest markers that is demonstrated through this chapter for them and for them to be able to recognize. And I love how it says a little bit earlier in there that they were stirred. Uh, Their enthusiasm was sparked. Like the idea of understanding and realizing that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is with them. Like there's this awe and promise of, you know, I'm with you guys, you can do this. Um, And with the obedience piece, and I think sometimes we can get really busy doing our own thing and thinking we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And for me personally, one experience was getting my master's and I knew I was supposed to do that and I'm working on that. And I realized slowly I was isolating myself and not being part of community. I was really just kind of tucking myself away. And it was in that space that I allowed the lie that I am alone and that I just couldn't experience that I am with you, God, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so I was grateful for the friends and the encouragement of those around me who are closest to me to be able to be this truth for me and just like, Melina, be strong. <laughs> you can do this. Like God is with you. And it's like just slowly drawing me out. It's like being obedient is good, but being obedient about the things that keep you connected to God's will and what he's asking us to be about. For me, that I am with you through the process. I think if I would have held on to that truth in the midst of working on my master's, that could have been a little more of a sunny place, I guess. (laughs) It was just more of a, wow, this could have been a lot more fun if I would have held on to that truth Mm -hmm. for me. Thank you for, for sharing that. I find it interesting that the Lord's intentional to speak directly to the leaders He speaks directly, you know, he repeats himself, starts with Zerubbabel, I think I'm saying his name right, (laughs) and tells him to be strong, now be strong. And then he goes to Joshua, be strong. And then all you people of the land, that same same call to to be strong and work. Yeah. There's some, there's something that he has for them to be about. There's work to be done along with that promise that, that he is with them. And I was just trying to really think about that in context of of my own life and the truth that I could hold on to. And, and the truth that I just kind of kept coming back to was the fact that obedience is really more about being in line with what God is doing and the work that he is doing way more than it is about the results that we're seeing, whether it seems like it's being successful because not that it was completely unsuccessful for them. They were building right. the temple, but it wasn't going like they pictured. Right. It wasn't what they had in mind. And I think that's a truth that I come across in my own life very frequently. And so I was thinking about that and also just the idea of kingdom, because in the Old Testament, you know, God worked directly through the people of Israel and established them as a kingdom so that they would um, worship him and also be basically a witness to to the other nations around them of who God really was. And so that's why it was so important to them to return to Jerusalem because their relationship with God was so closely tied to that promise that he had provided a kingdom for them. And thinking about that in the context of our new covenant relationship with God, which is really about that spiritual kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that's the work we're to be about. We're to be about the spiritual kingdom and just 
being challenged to really think about it in that those terms that obedience is really about being closely connected and committed to the work that God is doing in his kingdom, which is why when they were ignoring that earlier and just kind of building their own little lives and their own little kingdom, God comes in and calls them to repentance. And that's convicting to me because I can get busy about my own little kingdom and forget sometimes what, what it is that God is really called me to be about what is what is that work that he's asked us to do and what does it look like to just walk in obedience in that work irregardless of if it seems like it's as going as well as it should or if it's meeting up to the expectations right that we we think it right. is so yeah in that obedience I believe there's a joy mm-hmm. that overflows in us because we're operating in his will I think operating in that strength and realizing I am in the right place. I am doing the right thing. He is with me. And then you feel like, you know, he's unstoppable. Mm -hmm. So you can actually do the thing that he's calling you to. It's a good reminder for holding on to, to that joy and how kind of God to come back even in our rebellion and say, Hey, repent. I've got work for you to do, you know, come back in line with what I have for you to do. And he gives us that, that opportunity So how can we try to make this into a practical choice of something that we can apply in our lives or that the listeners can maybe think about? Have you have any personal experience of how you've had to apply this concept? I would say for my choice, the words be strong. Just be strong. Choosing that because there's a lot of times I don't think I'm strong Mm -hmm. and I would say, like, your job, my job. And the newness of the all the responsibilities and just experiencing those moments where I just don't feel strong enough to handle what's coming. And I think to choose to be strong and giving myself a minute to remember he's with me through the process because I can't be strong at all. Like, I just look around and go, yeah... I can't do that, but to be able to say, be strong. And then with that truth right underneath it, with the choice of believing, you are with me through this and I can be strong. Thank you. I think the choice for me, um, I think I was convicted to look at how much effort an anxiety that I can pour into trying to build the kingdom of crystal in the mm-hmm. way that I think it should go and just wanting to move back into that place of relationship with the Lord of that he is with me um, and to be able to be strong and give the same kind of effort that I put oftentimes in building my own kingdom. Mm-hmm. It seems like I, we can be really stubborn as human beings <laughs> of how, how hard we'll work to build what we want. And then we can be so weak and fickle when it comes yeah. to hardship, when we're walking out obedience to God. And so he just kind of gave me that contrast. And I think for me, it just using those moments where I am feeling like this isn't going like it is, like I want it to, like I've pictured it going, to take that as a moment to say, okay, Lord, I want to choose. I'm going to choose to ask you the question, what are you, what is the work that you're doing right Mm. now? And how do I come in line 
with that and use it as kind of like a heart check in my own life of how I'm going about my day. Am I upset and worked up because I'm actually trying to invest in the crystal kingdom instead of letting God be in charge and surrendering to the work that he's doing. So I guess the choice for me is taking time to slow down and, and even evaluate and ask the Lord, Lord, am I in line with the work that you want me to do? And, um, and then also those times that get discouraging, because honestly, it's been one of those weeks for me at, at my job where it's like, no matter how hard you work, it doesn't seem like it's bearing fruit and wanting to kind of throw throw my hands up. And this verse just really encouraged and comforted me that it's it's not about that. It's not about um, whether it's going how I want. And Lord, um, can I just be in obedience with you, knowing knowing that you are with me? Which also reminds me of Psalm 127. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the workers work in Amen. vain. Unless the Amen. Lord watches over the city... It's all in vain. Yes. And so when I can remember that, that what God is doing is actually what's eternal. And um, yeah. Haggai talks about that later, about the unshakable yes. <laughs> things yeah. of God. Yeah. But um, just that reminder, if it's God's work, we're not going to be disappointed in it yeah. in the end. Yes. We're really not. So thank you, Crystal. Yes. This has been super fun. <laughs> yes. So listeners, be strong and work for the Lord. Our God is with us. Amen. Yes. Thank you for listening this week. And next week, Carrie will be back and we will be diving into the beautiful promises found in Haggai 2.23. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word and the powerful promises that bring great hope and deep truths that keep us on course to what you've called us to. May we be sparked by enthusiasm that leads us towards obedience to accomplish all of your will Your word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, exposing all things to the light of your truth. Expose any areas in our lives, Lord, that are building the kingdom of self, not bearing any spiritual fruit, stealing our joy, and even those things that seem good, but they are not what you've called us to do. I delight in the truth that we can't escape your presence. No matter where we go, you are with us. So it is this promise that allows us to be confident when you tell us to be strong. Lord, I ask that you would help us fill in our name or a friend's name that we want to encourage this week, that we would fill in their name when we say, be strong. May we be men and women that seek your face and listen for your voice, building on foundations that are everlasting and spur one another on as humble, obedient servants for the Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.